Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Big developments tonight, but a fee has been agreed for West Ham's captain, Declan Rice. Despite losing their captain in the summer, West Ham are doing just fine. Particularly after securing the long-term future of star forward Jared Bowen. So how have they moved on from Rice? And how far can Moyes' new look West Ham go? I'm Ayoa Kimulere. Welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. I'm really pleased with the way the team has started. And the, the players are doing a really good job and we hope we can continue to build on it. All right, joining me today, the Athletics West Ham correspondent, Roshane Thomas, and also Benji Lanyardo, founder of photography platform Pickfair, a West Ham season ticket holder as well. Let, let's start with you on, on this one, uh, Roshane. Talk to me about what you were hearing coming into this season. West Ham, European champions. I mean, it's written in history forever in West, West Ham folklore. No, it really is. It's, for me personally, stay out. I'll never forget. Honestly, it's amazing. Just seeing West Ham fans take over Prague and everyone just absolutely delighted with the outcome of the match. I know a lot of fans who have the opinion that, you know, it's time to make a change, especially after the Conference League. Thank you, David Moyes, for what you've done, but let's start fresh with someone else. But so far this season, Moyes is showing he's still the right man to get the best out of these players. And in terms of what I was hearing heading to the season, it's okay, so look, we want a mountain series challenge for a top six, especially have recruited well, um, following the sale of Declan Rice to Arsenal. But a lot of fans were concerned because pre-season wasn't particularly good. And Benjamin will agree with me. Mm-hmm. Some shocking performances. And at one point, I was I wrote an article saying, listen, West Ham could be involved in another relegation fight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how worried I was. But look, since then, it's been an amazing start to the season. And Moyes continue to show why he's, why he's the right man. Yeah, Benji, impassionate West Ham fan. I can see a European <laughs> champion. You're literally punching the area, son. Uh, but were you surprised to see David Moyes in the seat uh, coming into this season? Nah, he earned it. Like, I think after winning our first piece of silverware in a very long time, you know, putting his name down alongside, you know, some, some you know, he's probably the best West Ham manager in history in terms of what he's achieved, you know, three seasons in a row um, in, in Europe. So I think it's... Um, you know, he can, he can absolutely be undervalued by the West Ham fans. That's not to say, like, he plays football that is completely delicious all of the time, right? <laughs> that uh, was what I was looking <laughs> to, because you looked at this incredible squad. You've got a Brazilian international in there. And some of the football last season was just really blocky, getting it over the line. Absolutely. It wasn't that attractive. And it's like, you accept that if the trade-off is you, you win something. And we did. So, so like, I think pretty much every West Ham fan would, would have expected David Moyes to start the season just because he's certainly earned 
um, you know, at, le at least another season. And he's showing us why that was an excellent decision because we are looking excellent right now. I just want to bring back to your, your Brazilian international, Paquita. Manchester City were sniffing around. Obviously, there's a, a lot of conversation about stuff that's happening off the field. But if Manchester City are sniffing around a player, you know they're pretty decent, don't you? He's gone to a different level. I mean, it's funny, you're watching Arsenal City on Sunday. And to some extent, that game was won by Declan Rice in the midfield, I think. We can talk about Dec later, yeah, right? Um, and you're just thinking, now I know why City wanted Paquita so much. Because if you'd put him in there, he would have gone toe-to-toe with 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 deck and i think this is the thing that has been so surprising frankly about Paquetar is that we knew he was a sort of mercurial skillful attacking creative player right that's the reputation he came to west ham with but what we've got is someone that can do all of that and he can scrap yep. like he is aggressive he he he's you know he's leading the league or certainly was leading the league in some of the some of the sort of defensive midfield stats in terms of interceptions winning the, winning the ball back so what we've actually got on our hands is a complete midfielder. And I think the betting allegations have seriously helped us because <laughs> he, would have, he, he would have gone for about 80, let's yeah. say, right? West Ham fans would probably have been all right with that. In a, I mean, they, sorry, I, I said it would have been all right with that. They would have stormed <laughs> Westfield if we'd sold it. They'd sort of accept, all right, 80 million pounds. That's probably the same with Deck. It was like yeah. 105, yeah, fair enough, right? I think since the transfer window closed, he's added about 20, 30 million to, sure. to his value because he's shown that he can just do the lot. And he's... As you say, he is becoming a special player at West Ham. So just as, as to follow up to that, the only downside is the 65 million release clause kicks in next summer. Does it? Okay, yeah. Could they renegotiate that? Well, I hope they do. They have to. But just one last point on yeah. Pakitaro, right? Before the betting allegations, City's interest came to light before the match against Bournemouth, the season opener. And he played that match and he was amazing. Mm. And what I mentioned right is sometimes we see players linked to clubs like, like Man City can offer Champions League football, a player will be like, oh, you know, I'm injured or I'm not in the right frame of mind. Biketa was making these lunging tackles. He was still committed. There's a Brazilian number 10 at West Ham. I mean, for you as fans, to be able to attract that calibre of player, especially when people are talking about, you know, can they connect with this stadium? Is it going to work in this new environment for West Ham? What's the new identity of the club? It's testament to the kind of slight step up that West Ham as a brand has taken like in the last, you know, five, 10 years. We can talk about the move from the Olympic Stadium, which was difficult, uncomfortable, not initially successful. But getting to the Europa League semi-final, um, having a player like Declan Rice playing in the in the, in the in the Euros final, becoming established for England, I think it meant it's made a lot of clubs, you know, around the continent take notice of us. And and I think, you know, without that, we would not have got a player like Pakitar coming to West Ham. You could say the same thing about Kudus. And, and, you know, maybe a bit of a tangent. What, what is so impressive, certainly with Pakitai, and we'll, we'll see with Kudus, is that you would not call him a David Moyes player, would you? You know, certainly not the, not, not the kind of Pakitai we thought we were getting, this skillful mercurial number 10, right? But over the, the length of a season, Moyes has made him into a, into a Premier League player that can do the scrapping, that can do the doggies. Yep. And now he's, you know, down to his own personal quality and graph, he's stepped up to being, you know, an elite Premier League player. So, so yeah, I think that it's um it's exciting because the these things accumulate. The more you know, you get you get a a, a Pakitar, which means you then get, then get a Kudus. You know, you get a Kudus, and hopefully we'll be looking to to, to bring some more play, you know, top draw players into the club next summer. Let's talk about a, a player that I think, even from the outside, feels like the divide opinion. Suchek. Um last season in particular, it didn't seem to shine as it did that the season before. And you wrote about this and. 
you said in your article that actually, because Declan Rice ended up taking that sort of position or those offensive responsibilities, it kind of sucked him of that creativity and those goals. But he's also said that perhaps mentally he probably wasn't there last season. This season, though, different kind of player. Different kind of player. You have to remember, when he first joined, the comparison was he could be David Moyes' new Fellaini. Mm. You know, that's how good he was. And when I, th- when I think about last season, as you touched on, Declan Rice wanted to become more of a box-to-box midfielder. Thomas Solcek, credit to him, he sacrificed that offensive side of his game. Very unselfish. And I think that went unnoticed. And he came, under, he came under so much criticism last season to the point where fans were like, he needs to get sold. You don't want him in the team. If you, even now, right, if you look on a match day, quite often it's like, why is Solcek in the lineup? Putting kudos to put someone else in. So he still divides opinion, as you touched on. But for me, he's been amazing. What confirmed to me the Solcek of old is back was against Bournemouth. Because I wear glasses when I cover the matches, right? <laughs> and I was watching, I was, like, I, did, I was like, that can't be who I think it is. That can't be Thomas Solskjaer <laughs> playing this good. And after the match, I was like, look, you're playing, you played really well. Like, what, what, what's the factor? And he's like, look, I had time off in the summer. I had time off. I haven't had time off over the past two years. I'm, I'm playing every week. I had a good break. Went to Greece with family. I switched off. And then after the game against Lincoln, he scored the winner of that match. I said to him again, like, you're playing really good. He's like, yeah, the time off I had. You know, maybe last season I wasn't really motivated, but now I'm motivated in every match that I feel good. It's quite cliche to say a player can be like a new signing, but I really feel that's the case with Thomas Solskjaer right now. It's no wonder he's exhausted because, like, David Moyes is addicted to Tom, to Thomas Suchek. Honestly, like, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a David Moyes team, Suchek is, is inevitable. Like, I think it's a really good point that Roche made that, like, because Declan was doing more box-to-box to box last year, Suchek, Suchek had to hold back and essentially sacrificing half of his yep. game. And, and, and the problem was, he, you know, he's not as comfortable on the ball as, for example, Alvarez is now. But what he is, is a, is, is a sort of, you know, good at everything midfielder who can win you as many aerials as you want, who can be aggressive in the tackle, um, who don't expect him to, like, you know, be a libero and, and spread the ball around the midfield. Do expect him to be crashing the box when, when the crosses are coming in. And by the way, I was saying that Moyes is addicted to, to, to Suchek, right? When, when we signed... Uh, James Will Prowse. It was like, okay, right. If there was ever any doubt over Suchek's role in this team, like that, that is gone. But it is challenging because, to some extent, as, as Roshane says, like he's kind of keeping Kudus out of out, out of the team because we're playing those two defensive midfielders. We're playing Suchek and Alvarez, um, rather than you know, arguably you could just play one of them and have uh, Kudus in front. So Suchek's sort of comeback is is deserved because he's been an amazing servant for us. Uh, amazing. That hasn't been announced by the club, but he signed a four-year contract in August. Oh, wow. So it got to show how much they value him as well. Yeah, for sure. It, you've mentioned it a couple of times now, scrappy, the word scrappy, get stuck in. Is that the profile of, of a West Ham player? Is, is that what the fans love to see? We probably are that basic, you know. <laughs> but... I, just, I was just like, I know you, you're scrappy. Some silky players. Kunis looks quite silky. Yeah, but he's, he's he's tough. Like it's funny. I think one of my favourite West Ham players was Tevez. Okay, right? good point. Good point. And like, good Tevez point. obviously had the talent, but the thing that the West Ham fans fell in love with was this like these no. bulldog runs, like <laughs> yeah. the way he never gave up. The fact that he looked wider than he did tall. Like that's that's the sort of thing that we we we, we do love at West Ham. It's about having the graft. Doesn't matter if you're not actually that good. Like even like for, you know Carlton Cole, cult hero at West Ham. He wasn't an elite footballer, but he put in a shift all the time and we adore him, you know. You're listening to The Athletic Football Podcast with Ayo Akinwalere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jared Bowen, let's let's just go into this one because you know what an important player he's turning out to be for for, for West Ham. And actually, I thought it was only Chelsea that gave away seven year contracts. <laughs> just sign, just sign a, a, a bumper contract. Um, a player that showed a wonderful emergence last season and has carried it on into this season it, it is here to stay for, for for a very long time. How does that feel? I have to be honest. When I saw seven year, I was shocked. I was shocked. I thought Jared Bowen's what twenty six right mm. now in in elite prime right now he's for seven years that's a <laughs> that's a long that's a long deal but then I thought and also was told he's very happy at West Ham he has a young family his twin daughters are born in the summer and he's thinking this gives me security right now I'll be 33 at the end of this deal I am the main man at West Ham if I were to join another let's say Liverpool who are interested I'm just one of many and it says a lot about West Ham as a club that Jared Bowen felt yeah I want to stay here for seven years because I mentioned in a piece that I wrote the other day that once upon a time, West Ham was that club where signings used it as a brief stay. A club where it was a, a Premier League springboard for somewhere else. And Jared Bonner shown he's an exception to that. And he loves playing for the club. And I believe the winner against Fiorentina in the Conference League final, of course, is taking him to that next level. Like, he's a big game player now. And he's been very consistent. And obviously the fans call him Iron, 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 what's it, Iron Bowen? Iron Bowen, yeah. Iron yeah. Bowen, so, yeah. Well, that, that, like, the, he's... You think about it, as a footballer, like what what do you want to achieve? You know, you want to win trophies. Well, he's done that at West Ham. You want to play for England. Well, he's done that at West Ham. Like the the, the thing that I, I don't know if this was like a 
sequential thing, but it's really interesting that he gets called up for England and then he signs this new contract. Well, you know, I'm sure it's in the works already, but I wonder if in his mind it was like, actually, yes, at this club, I can achieve what I want to do with my career. The only missing thing, and this is why Deck left ultimately, was Champions League. Uh, he's unlikely to be getting that at West Ham, and I understand that players want to sort of test themselves at that. Do you believe at the that highest level. West Ham can't make it to the Champions League? No, I think it's I think it's possible. I think if Newcastle can, we can. But you know, let's face it: if he goes to Liverpool, he's going to be playing in the Champions League more often than he is with, with West Ham. But I think, especially at the, the stage of his career, maybe his life that he's at at the moment, he's just had kids, he's happy, he's 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 been part of this iconic, historic moment for West Ham, like. What, what what's the rush? Like he can he can go in a couple of years if he's maintaining this form and he's got got a tournament with England as well. Oh, one last point on Boyan, right? I want to give a special mention to David Moyes because he just had this knack of, of spotting the title for the championship and developing them into England internationals. So obviously at Everton, what was it? Phil Phil Jagielka, Leighton Baines, obviously didn't play for England, but Tim Cahill. Is there an idea that they want him to play as a central striker? Um, because I, I think it was in your piece you were saying that he's been showing him clips of like various players over yeah. the summer that has improved his game. If we look at him this season, what, five goals, one assist? I mean, I two assists. Two assists, yeah. sorry, my bad. Um, only the players sort of close to that. Bukayo Saka's kind of on, on those kind of figures at this moment in time. They've done something with him over the summer. And added a little, a little extra spice. Yeah, a little spice oh, yeah. I don't want to use David Moyes' spice in the same, <laughs> <laughs> in the same sentence. Did but, you see him dancing after the conference league? Come on, man! I've seen it. I've seen it. But I mean, what's the what's the spice <laughs> they've know, given? When, when you buy bananas, you had the hot sauce. It's the, 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 the bit missing. But in honesty, it's a case where because Moyes did it with Anatovic. He developed him into a forward, and when Anatovic was a winger, he, he wasn't consistent. He wasn't good. He did the same thing with Antonio. Been a winger all his life. A right back at one point, left back two. Play him a strike, up against Norwich, and he scored four goals. And you're thinking, okay, this could work. Mm. And he's spotting the same thing with Bowen. And I personally believe it can work. And why I say that is, Antonio is 33 now. He can't do it every mm. week. He hasn't scored his last six games. If you want to bring Kudus in the team, you play Bowen up front, in my opinion, and put Kudus out on the right. Because mm. in the last 10 minutes against Newcastle, West Ham were electric offensively. They were so good. And that was a Bowen and Kudus both on the pitch. But yeah, in terms of Bowen up front, I think it can work. I don't think it can work. I think it's a... That's probably the best solution for how we get Kudus into the team. And as you say, it might actually, you know, make the most out of Bowen rather than having on you know, having Mount Wide, having through the middle. As Roshane says, like, the, my, my question mark would be is that we are a team that is sculpted around having a Mikel Antonio-shaped striker, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's Mikel Antonio because part of the problem is he's not necessarily good enough to do the Mikel Antonio role anymore, right? And we saw last year that when we try and do that with a different profile of striker with Skamaka, just doesn't quite work, right? So you need someone in there who 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 is really strong and hardworking. And I do actually think that that Bowen's got both of those things. One thing he doesn't he doesn't have the heft, right? He's not the same shape as Antonio, um, but he can still cause defenders a lot a, a lot of difficulty. That then opens up those spaces for whoever's running off the wing. You know, yeah. Usually it's him, but you know whether it's Kudus. Or whether it's Pakitar running from midfield, so yeah. I think I, I think that might be it. You know, I just to answer your question before about what's, what's like been the missing ingredient. He's added. He's he's much more all round. When Jarbon first joined, he was almost like a one trick pony. He would always cut on his left and try and shoot. And if you're a defender, you know what he's gonna do. Now he could go on his left, he could go on his right. And for me, my main takeaway is he's proved so much aerially. He didn't score a header last season, not one header. He scored a header against Luton. Scored a great dive ahead against uh, Liverpool mm. in the loss. So he's becoming much more of all... And when you play for England, you have to be all around. You can't just be a one-trick pony. So fast cross! And it is the equaliser for Jared Byrne! All right. 
Let's talk about summer business because, you know, we can't come this far. I'm an Arsenal fan, clearly. So uh, can't come this far saying thank you very much uh, for lovely rice, rice pudding, Declan Rice. We expect our invoice today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've already got it coming through drip drips. That was, that was a stipulation, unfortunately. The, the real talk is you've had probably the best player in the team sucked out. But actually, I feel West Ham are playing better. No, I think you're right. I think the what, what we, we were never going to replace Declan Rice with one player. He's he's one of the best, if not the best, well, maybe after Rodri, defensive midfielder on the planet, right? So it was sort of important that we that we did that collectively. You had to buy a few players. We had to ask Paqueta to to, to be a bit more uh, uh, a, a bit more defensive, a bit more grafty. And um, Alvarez has come come in and looks like a re- he looks like Suchek, really. Well, actually, no, I would say Alvarez is more like Rodri, which is not not as good because. Alvarez can pass the ball, right? So if you if you take the ingredients for Declan Rice, what does Declan Rice do? Right, he you know he breaks it up in defensive midfield and he passes the ball. Alvarez is doing that, right? He can be box to box. Well, you know James Ward Prowse can, can do that as well, um, and 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 he's uh, incredibly aggressive as well in, in in the in the press. Well, Paquetar can do that, but then you've got all these other attributes from those players on top of that. So we've added like this extra set piece um, threat with James Ward Prowse. We didn't get that from Deck. So I think the the the, the collective replacement is better than the individual who's gone out the door. I agree with that. And I have a hot take. I think actually West Ham are better about Rice. Mm. Uh, that's my hot take. Mm. Listen, fantastic player. My main frustration in West Ham last season over the years is we were too loud on Declan Rice. Every week you have to save save the day. I remember <laughs> it was a match against um, oh, what's an Andy club? It was an FA Cup game. Kid is Get him in stuff. Yeah. Terrible. T is playing terrible. Who's on the bench to save the day? Declan Rice. Mm. And that happened every week. Mm. Like every week. Credit to him. He was great on and off the field. But if it wasn't Declan Rice, who else could it be? It's not healthy. That's not yeah. a healthy position to and be in. Yeah. I think the team recruited so good. The hierarchy, of course, recruited so well. All things considered, I think Ed- Edson Alvarez will be the best signing. Interesting. Because why I say that is, if you look back at the 3-1 loss to Man City, right? We were in the game and Alvarez on the pitch. He came off and the team shape just, just, just dropped. Mm. Went to shit. Excuse my friend, but it went to shit. Mm. And Man City scored two goals. And I looked at the average team position, right? Because with Alvarez, he like he plays in front of the defense, the anchor role. And I don't think there's anyone else in my squad who can do it as good as him. So he can, he comes off and Man City exploit the right hand side because they know they got no one else to, to provide that defensive cover. I spoke to him after the um, game against Chelsea, and he was like, "Look, I know I'm seen as that kind of player, but I see no pressure. Like I, I I know I can do well here. I mean, I've been playing Champions League for Ajax. You know, I back myself to do well. And I think all things considered, as I mentioned, he'll be the best signing for West Ham." Another one, and actually really surprised not many people came in for him, was was James Ward-Prowse. Five goal involvements in seven games, two goals, three assists. And looking like a different kind of player. We know what he could offer Saints, but the pressure's different at West Ham now. They're looking to do bigger things. And he's stepping up quietly. And this is an invaluable midfielder. A bit like James Madison going to Spurs. And I'm like, yeah. why Why is no one throwing the money at these players? What What? What do you make of his, his arrival at West Ham? I mean, Roshan, you're not, you're not better than I do, but like, feels like this was a real, this was one that David Moyes pushed for. Like, mm. And it was one where David Moyes put his foot down and said, I want this player. Because you wouldn't, you know, the, the Tim Stryden, the technical director we brought in, you can, you know, who's Mr. Data, you, know, you, you wouldn't expect that, you know, the algorithms would point towards a, what is he, 28-year-old, um, James Will Prowse, who, who who we know is exceptional on set pieces, whatever, but um, Moyes, I think, put his foot down and said, "I want this player." Because someone again, we talked about you know Thomas Suchek being inevitable in a in a David Moyes side. Well, someone that can feed the set pieces is 
it's so obvious. But when you've got Suchet, when you've now got Alvarez, when you've got Zuma, when you've got Aguero, all good in the air, we've got Antonio good in the air. Like, and we're talking about Bowen yeah. now has added that to his game. Like, it's just so obvious. And, and, and I think that like, it was low risk getting him in. And it was also like a really important part of this jigsaw puzzle. And Moyes could see that and he, and, and, and he got his man. And, and yeah, he's looking fantastic. Very, very quickly, kudos. We saw what he can do. Star, star boy Kudus. Star boy Kudus. I mean, Ghanaian boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that the game against Newcastle, like last goal he scored, important goal. That's why you pay that kind of money for a player like that. And it's a case of West Ham being like, thank our lucky stars we have him because in the summer he was linked to Arsenal and Chelsea. And in terms of insight, he should he should have been a Chelsea, he should be a Chelsea player right now. But they kept stalling to sign him because they wanted to prioritize signing him, Monte Carcedo. So. That fell into West Ham's uh, lap and took Tim Stein and God bless him. He just like, yeah, you're gonna become a West Ham player. Outline how you'll be a play important on this team. And the thing about Kudus is, before he came off the bench, I knew he would do something. That's the confidence he gives me now. I knew he would do something special. Like I watch him play, right? Like, his solo runs are terrific. Mm-hmm. The way he just has that self-confidence. Not every player gives you that level of confidence. He's just exciting. He's, you talked before about like, you know, what gets West Ham hearts ticking, right? And, and I mean, I mean, you know, the, the graft is like the, is, is a kind of the, the, the basic level that you need to apply. But we love exciting, talented players. Like, look at how we love like Dicanio, Tevez, right? And Kudus feels like there's something exciting about him, isn't it? It's like the way, like, and, and, he's, and he's, adapt, he's landed much quicker. He's adapted much quicker than, for example, Paquetar did. It took Paquetar about half a season. Kudus comes straight in, couple of goals in the Europa. Um, goal now in the, in, in the Premier League, and we've got to get him in. Like, um, I, I, I'm, I already adore him. Me and my, my, when I'm driving my boy to nursery each morning, we listen to the um, the, the Ghana uh, 2022 World Cup song, <laughs> which has got like in the middle of the Kudus Day, Kudus Day, Kudus, and uh, and uh, and my my little boy now sings along. There's something exciting about Mohamed Kudus. I love it. Oh, do you know what you, your, your enthusiasm sort of brings me? I don't know. You guys have got to go pretty soon. Uh, we can talk with Stan all day. And weirdly, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, this brings me to this moment where we look at the ownership of the club and the structure of the club and especially this this new stadium and settling into this new stadium you know leaving Upton Park is massive in terms of the identity of the club you're now in this what I call a luxury hotel of a stadium uh, it's horrible it, it? you know and people talk, I've been there and you know the, the atmosphere is not the same as you would have got Upton Park in any way shape or form but then you've got this incredible sprawling estate but realistically how has that transition been as as someone who supported West Ham for a long time to be in this stadium, but actually the, the football is matching it as well. So listen, we left the soul of the club behind in Upton Park, right? Doesn't mean you can't go on to do fantastic things, but like that was our that was our heart, you know, a working class East London football team. And that kind of transition to something, as you say, which is kind of this weird kind of like superdome next to a, you know, a canal and a shopping centre, right? Now, Man City did the same thing, right? When when they left Main Road and went to the Etihad or whatever it was called at the time. And the trade-off you're hoping for, Man City got. They got the Yaya Torres, they got Kun Aguero, they now got a Champions League. Like that was the thing that was uh, uncomfortable for West Ham fans. It was like, hold on, we 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 left our heart behind. We've moved to this weird stadium with big capacity and everything. But what have we got? The thing that is now getting a little bit exciting is we are now establishing ourselves. I think in the upper half of the Premier League. We've won a trophy. We are like, you know, it's not mad to think that we can be pushing for Europa League and even Champions League each season. So give us the football, give us the players, you know, you start to feel more at home. And there there have been some big nights, whether it's in Europe, whether it's, you know, beating some of the big boys at home. That's how you gradually like 
put down your cultural roots somewhere somewhere new, even if it feels weird and will forever feel weird to me. And listen, I think the owners are visionaries. I, I give them a lot of credit because right now we're in that multi-purpose stadium era. You can't just have a stadium for football now. You need to think outside the box. Burnham Boy performed. You know, there's been baseball that's been played there. You need to think outside the box. And through West Ham moving to Upton Park, they're able to like get more of an income through other stuff now. And I know I'm going off topic here, but when I think about the board, right, they've been so patient. The fan base have been on their backs since day one. They've been so patient. When I got back to last season, when they could have sat David Moyes, they could have sacked him. West Ham are performing terrible. Every match you're thinking, this could be it. Through the board being loyal to David Moyes, they were vindicated by winning the Conference League, of course. First major trophy since in 43 years, before I was even born. So I'm giving full credit to the board for being patient because it could have changed. It doesn't always work with big name managers as well. We saw it Pellegrini. It hasn't been a straight line, but it is fair to say, very fair to say, that we are in a much better position now than when they bought us off the um, Icelandic billionaires that bought us sort of <laughs> 10 minutes before the you know the bottom fell out of the Icelandic economy. Like, like that, that was a weird phase for West Ham. So where we were then to where we were now, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, we've come a long way and, and therefore yeah, you have to give them credit. Does it feel like at some point that relationship with David Moyes might, you know, might have to be, to be called quits? I mean, you, you talk about maybe seeing West Ham in the Europa League, you see West Ham in, in the Champions League pushing for those kind of places. Is there an idea that potentially the team and its ambitions might grow this manager or is this the manager to get them to those positions? I mean, football is notoriously ruthless. One yeah. day, man's in the job. The next day, a few wow. a string of really bad results. You go back to where you were last well, season. It's true, it's true. It's your life, football manager. But it's the last part of that question. I believe he's still the right man to get the best out of his team. You know, at the game, after game on um, Sunday against Newcastle, there was such a feel-good factor. People from the board, walk-ins, high-fiving each other. James Corden was very high-fiving each other. It feels like a family club right now. And that's all down to Moyes. I think about West Ham right now. And I think they can achieve that next level, which is hopefully to compete for a top four spot. They did it two years ago, but they just lacked that, that extra oomph. The more experience through finishing the semi-finals of the Europa League, losing to Frankfurt, winning the Conference League, they're much more... Determined. When I spoke to Solcek after the win against um, Lincoln, he was like, look, that win has motivated us even more. Like, we have that urge to become winners again. Moyes said at his press conference, I asked him, through winning the, the Conference League, does he get recognised a lot more right now? He started laughing saying, not really, but it's giving me that inner goal, the inner goal to, to achieve more West Ham. And it's worth mentioning, he's in the final year of his deal, expires next summer. Uh, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Considering how well West Ham are playing right now, the board didn't be like, look, we got to start some negotiations because, you know, we've got Bordies committed, we've got Sajak who's committed, and we want you to commit as well. For me, I still feel after the Man United spell, David Moyes has been looking for a team like West Ham where he can really get his, his fingers dirty and really stamp in what he did at Everton or, or evolve what he did at Everton. And it feels like it's sort of that time right now where he's won the European Cup. Yeah the next stage would be wherever he needs to take the club. I mean, how do you feel about him sort of staying on at, at West Ham? I, I believe he's the right man. December will be four years since he was reappointed manager. Moyes is he's very personable when he got his press conferences. And after the win against Fiorentina in the Conference League final, myself and a reporter, we spoke to him and he was almost in tears. He was like, all I wanted to do in life was my father to see me win something. And his father was at the game, of course. And I was like, I came up thinking, I'm so happy for you. What you've had to deal with, the fans being on your back, and for you to have that personal moment with your father, and also win something for the club. 
I've got to give boys credit because in the summer, he lost Paul Nevin and Mark Wobberton, two important members of his backroom staff. And it sort of reminds me of Alex Ferguson when he used to constantly change his backroom staff. One, just being fresh with the current time. And two, just to hear new voices. And now we have John Heitinger, who he managed at Everton, and also Henry Newman, who was part of the analysis team last season. And why I mentioned John Heitinger in particular is he spoke to John Heitinger about Edson Alvarez and Mohamed Kudis. He managed both of them at Ajax. So effectively, you're killing two birds with one stone, and now he's culture of him. So full credit to Moyes in terms of what he's achieved. And hopefully, you know, West Ham start negotiations with him soon because he definitely deserves a new contract, in my opinion. Yeah, what's realistically expectation for this season? Because expectations will be high from a fan base um, that have gone through a lot of change, actually, if you think about it in the last two or three years. Um, already in Europe, already got a European Cup. You don't want to be seeing West Ham 17th again at the end of the season, <laughs> not do at you? All. Not at all. Uh, listen, the club will try and downplay it and obviously they'll do that. They want to get ahead of themselves. They'll say top six, I think top four. It's a bit like that season when Leicester won the league. You know, all the other clubs were struggling and they were like consistent to win. I look at West Ham right now and be like, if they can stay consistent, they've got Aston Villa next, Everton after, they've got a decent run in, Keep winning their game. There's no reason why West Ham can't be in that top four spot. Okay, you heard it here first. West Ham top four. I'm going to come back to you end of the season and have this chat again. Rashane Benji, absolute pleasure. Don't forget, you can listen to these guys on The Athletic for a special limited time offer of just £1 a month for 12 months at theathletic.com forward slash football pod. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to The Athletic Football Podcast. The producers were Adonis Pratsides and Guy Clark, with additional production by Mike Stavro and Jay Beale. The executive producer was A.D. Moorhead. The Athletic.